Hello, I'm Renee San Miguel, and this is Science Matters, the podcast from the Georgia Tech College of Sciences. August 21st, 2017. The first day of fall classes at Georgia Tech comes complete with a solar eclipse and a Tech Green Eclipse watch party. Thousands enjoy an afternoon leading up to the big celestial event. I will always remember this because I saw the eclipse and started college on the same day at the best university. But as all that's going on in Midtown Atlanta, I'm picturing it in my mind and so I look forward to being able to uh, appreciate and see the eclipse like everyone else does. James Bame of Nashville, blind since he was 13 years old, travels with his wife to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which is in the eclipse's path of totality. Bame is taking part in an AT&T experiment called Eclipse Impossible. The company, with a big assist from Georgia Tech, will try to recreate the eclipse watching experience for him, complete with an otherworldly soundtrack. Bame wears special AT&T Ira glasses, equipped with speakers, a camera, and a wireless connection. A person serving as an Ira guide sees what Bame's camera is showing, and he or she describes to Bame the scene and people around him and the sky above him. He's also hearing a special soundtrack composed by Georgia Tech's Sonification Lab, based in the School of Psychology. The lab's researchers use sounds and music to give voice to data coming from the eclipse, all in real time. The soundtrack changes as the sun starts to hide behind the moon. as the temperature drops. As the corona explodes around the eclipsed sun. Again, here is James Bame. People think something like an eclipse, that would be impossible for someone who is blind to see everything that was going on around us and it's something that will stick with us for the rest of our lives. The Eclipse soundtrack is one example of Sonification Labs' interdisciplinary research. Under the direction of School of Psychology professor Bruce Walker, the lab studies sound as a way to represent data. It also studies human-computer interaction through non-traditional interfaces, which is a fancy way of saying it researches trendy voice recognition technology, like Apple's Siri and Amazon's Alexa. You've probably seen photos of Saturn's rings, but have you ever heard them? You know that the surface of Mercury is nice and toasty, but have you heard how hot it is there? Those are just two samples of the 2017 Solar System Sonification Research Study done by Walker's lab. Just as different sounds were assigned to different stages of the solar eclipse, certain sounds are attached to certain characteristics of the planets, such as mass, gravitational pull, temperature, length of day. 
But just how are those sounds assigned? Here's Bruce Walker. Well, the first thing we're trying to figure out is what is the communicative intent? That's what are we trying to get across? What's the message? Mm -hmm. And once we know what the message is, then we can figure out how to take uh, some numbers, some data, uh, some values, and, uh, and represent them through sound. So sonification is, is generally using non-speech sounds, and we have to figure out if I increase the pitch of a sound, for example, does that mean that the value uh, that I'm representing is also going up? Mm -hmm. So, bum, 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 bum. Uh, is it getting hotter or is it getting colder? Mm -hmm. right? In many cases, we'll do a simple sonification. So you th you'll think the temperature of Jupiter uh, is different from the temperature of Mercury. Mm -hmm. So we would have different pitches, for example, to represent those different temperatures. However, you can get a little bit more um, playful, a little bit more creative, and have other ways of representing uh, attributes of a planet. One thing that we tried um, to, uh, to represent was, was gravity. What's the, the amount of gravity or the gravitational pull yeah. on Jupiter versus on, on the moon? But in that case, what we chose to do was to, to have a sound that, that seemed like a ball was dropped out of your hand, hit the ground, and bounced. Mm -hmm. So as if you had a tennis ball, you dropped it and it goes plunk, 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 plunk. Yeah. On a planet with uh, less gravity, the ball would bounce higher and the sound would be different. Why attempt sonification in the first place? For Walker, it ties into the first of what he calls the four pillars of his lab's research. The first pillar is formal education, school. Mm -hmm. How can we use sound, multimedia, multimodal user interfaces uh, to make school more engaging, mm -hmm. uh, more rich, more uh, effective, but also more accessible? So there are plenty of people, blind and visually impaired students, for example, who have real struggles with the graphs and the charts and the yeah. equations of our visually dominated school system. So how can we uh, work on projects to add audio, to make auditory graphs, to make auditory equations, to make auditory charts using sound in all those ways uh, to convey what's happening in uh, their educational world. Mm -hmm. The second pillar is what we call informal education. All the places where you learn something but not in a school. Field trips museums, aquariums, oh, okay. science centers, all the places that your teacher might take you in a yellow bus if you're lucky, yeah. right? Uh, how can we make going to the aquarium engaging, enriching, educational, um, entertaining, uh, and, and accessible? How can I convey to someone who can't see that yeah. what's going on? Not just the factual information, but the visceral wonder of nature, ooh-ah. Yeah. When the whale shark swims into view, lumbering along, giant of the ocean, it's a sight to, that, that gives you goosebumps. Mm -hmm. If you can't see it, how can I give you goosebumps? Yeah. I'm going to give you goosebumps through sound. third pillar is what we call electronic devices. Okay. 
that's kind of a large category and it's all these other things from Siri to uh, your thermostat can you talk to your nest thermostat mm -hmm. um, how does your Apple watch vibrate what is the communication that you have to and from that um, what are gesture controls that you can use to uh, to control something uh, how do you talk to your television all of those kind of electronic devices how do we use multimodal input and output uh, plus all of these sociological psychological cultural factors uh, to make those technologies um, more enjoyable, more effective, um, more uh, acceptable, and so on. So the fourth fact, the fourth pillar in our research is driving. All the things that are related to driving. Back in 2009, in our early days at Google, we started working on self-driving cars. Today, we're called Waymo, and our fully self-driving cars are on the road. That's from a Google video highlighting its Waymo self-driving auto technology. The Sonification Lab studies what might happen psychologically and socially to people using new technologies such as self-driving cars. So if you are in a car and you want it to start driving, you want to hand over control to the car, how does that happen? What is the interface? Do you say, hey car, your turn? Mm -hmm. Or do you press a button? What if you accidentally press the button? Should we have some kind of more sophisticated two-button um, uh, press that's required or a secret handshake? Like, yeah. what is the way that you communicate in no uncertain terms that, hey car, you take the wheel? Here's another Waymo video which shows a couple being chauffeured around in a driverless car. <laughs> Yo, car! Selfie. Thank you, car. <laughs> yeah, thank you, car. So part of the work that we do in our lab is in, this, in the driving uh, world. And when you're developing an automated car, there are certainly the technological aspects of the sensors and how does the car know where it is and how does it know what the, or estimate what the other cars are gonna do. And all of that technological and engineering stuff is fascinating. But what we're mostly interested in is how do people interact with that technology. We've told you how Walker's lab studies our reactions to new voice-driven technologies, whether in our cars, on our smartphones, or in our homes. His researchers also assign sounds to data as a way to make learning easier in school and to enrich the sensory impact of places like museums and aquariums. And by giving voice to data, Walker's research allows people with visual impairment to partake in experiences many of us take for granted. It's not just that you were there for the eclipse, but you were there with 10,000 other people. Mm -hmm. And the collective gasps and the oohs and the ahs, it's not unlike uh, watching a movie at home versus watching a movie in the theater. Part of the experience is the fact that you're there with other people. Yeah. So being able to share the visuals, being able to have a common uh, understanding of what's going on, um, is crucial in order for you to um, to be able to to uh, to relate to what other people are experiencing. Mm. Unfortunately, for people who are blind or visually impaired, um, they they have obvious challenges of 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 seeing the eclipse, seeing that it's getting darker, 
seeing the cloud patterns, the fact that the sunlight, um, when it's filtered through the trees, creates these fabulous patterns on, yeah. the, on, the, on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So as a result, people who are blind or visually impaired are largely shut out. Yeah. Not of the, not only of the of the experience of the eclipse, but the experience of ten thousand other people sharing, sharing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our goal in that was uh, was to try to break down some of those barriers. Walker says some of these same technologies could help firefighters when they run into a smoky building or soldiers battling their way through a forest. One final thought. Walker wants to make clear that it's easy to focus on the technologies and applications of sonification, but at the end of the day, he and his lab researchers are trying to expand their understanding of people, how they interact with their world, which involves memory, perception, decision-making. After all, someone has to hear these sounds and act upon them. My thanks to School of Psychology professor Bruce Walker, director of the Georgia Tech Sonification Lab. Cyan Joe, who composed our theme music, is a research associate in Walker's lab. I'm Renee San Miguel, and you've been listening to Science Matters, the podcast of the Georgia Tech College of Sciences. Mm -hmm.